We're back to talk about the expert panel opinions, and this time we're going to talk about the third one, which was published. And I'm going to hand straight over to Jay, who's going to tell us a bit more about the device involved. Fantastic. Welcome to the chat, Sally. This is uh, one of my favorite technologies, Heartwells. So we're talking about um, a nitinol-based, self-expanding, porcine pericardium-based tri-leaflet transcatheter pulmonary heart valve that is indicated for Do both. Do you just want to repeat that, Jay? That was a <laughs> mouthful. <laughs> well, so yeah, sense. no, it, it's something that's indicated for um, adults as well as children about the age of 12. And uh, what's interesting about this is, is, is that it's intended to be used in both a stenosed as well as dilated right ventricular outflow tract. For those who are familiar with this technology, dilated RVOTs have always been a challenge with the balloon expandable valves that uh, were available previously. So, yeah. Thanks, thanks. So what were the key triggers for the referral for this evaluation? Yeah, first of all, this is a device that was not previously CE marked in EU, right? So it's a new class three implantable, so that itself triggers as um, uh, triggers a CCP review. But there were other factors as well. Like I said, uh, the nuance associated with the dilated RVOT, uh, the use of porcine pericardium, and the fact that it's you know nitinol self-expanding technology is being used on the right side of the heart in this particular position in the first time. Just key design features, but you know, by virtue of it being a class three implantable that was not previously CE marked, mm -hmm. there you go with expert panel review being with needed. some novelty as well. Okay, right. Yes. Enough. Yes. So, so what data is actually submitted in support? Yeah, this this is the interesting bit that we will get to very soon. But from a calibration perspective, two single arm trials, um, a 55 patient Chinese cohort that had completed one year follow up and an 83 patient um, European cohort. But of those 83 patients, only 14 or 15 had completed one year follow up. So it was primarily a Chinese uh, non-European data set that was um, supporting the C marking request. And was there a breakdown for pediatric data? Do we know? We don't. Um, there wasn't a breakdown for pediatric versus adults. There wasn't a breakdown for the proportion of patients who received this device the first time versus those who were being reintervened on. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So if you think about it, yeah. 69 patients completing one year follow up, that itself was pretty thin, uh, to be to be very frank. Uh, even a class two device, that volume of data wouldn't be considered good enough. But I think there are nuances associated with the patient population, the available alternatives um, that let us down the spot. Again, we I still don't know if this device has actually been CE marked or not. Yeah, yeah, fair point, fair point. Okay, so that doesn't sound very much data. So what did the what did the panel make of all of this? Right. So the panel gave what was a so-so opinion. Obviously, the panel doesn't recommend CE marking. That is the notified body's remit, right? The panel very clearly came out and said that they were concerned about durability rightly so, right? We know stent fractures has been an issue for other balloon expandable valves in this position previously. It's a very well-known fact for those who are familiar with the field. Uh, so durability is definitely an issue, especially given the fact that you are going into children as well. So there's that, but durability can be studied through a long-term PMCF. <laughs> and what was surprising to me is that there was no PMCF plan that was submitted. The panel was not happy about the lack, the total lack of a PMCF plan. They also said that we conclude the amount and quality of clinical evidence supporting the submission should be improved by the manufacturer. So I don't take that as an endorsement for sufficient quantity and quality. But then they also turned around and said, due to the lack of alternate treatments, uh, 
available to the target patient population, the high risk of surgery, um, good, good acute outcomes, the benefit risk can be considered uh, to be positive. I'm a little dubious about that because first of all, I'm not really sure that there are no alternative treatments. There are other yeah. valves that have been approved in this position. So I'm a little dubious about that, but overall it's a so-so opinion by the panel. Um, it was unanimous, no diverging opinions, but they themselves weren't happy about the quality and quantity of data submitted. Yeah, this is interesting. They seem to be relying quite heavily on the fact that there's no no alternative treatments. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, an unmet medical need, if you like. So, okay, so what about the the summary, the conclusions? Yeah, so again, being familiar with the area, let me start with... Uh, with the indications for use statement. Yeah. It's indicated for uh, pulmonary regurgitation 3+, right? It's indicated for with or without RVO, RVOT uh, stenosis, mean Doppler gradient of greater than or equal to 35 millimeters uh, mercury. But this is not the most detailed indications for use statement, but it's not the worst either. Again, the specificity and level of detail in the indications for use statement could be improved. There is a catch-all statement in the end that says anyone who's indicated for surgical pulmonary valve replacement. But there wasn't any discussion of adjunctive factors like um, presence of concomitant lesions such as severe aortic regurgitation, tricuspid regurg, residual ventricular septal defects, presence of uh, atrial or ventricular arrhythmias, LV dysfunction, not a mention, right? The indication, importantly, is also missing specification of the valve diameter. Because this, to me, is a very important inclusion criteria. So that was missing, um, especially given that the available size pool may be inadequate for the entire span of adults, especially in the Western part of the world, right? Yeah. Um, and again, from, from the panel's perspective, in terms of what they published by way of their opinion, I, we couldn't really tell what the proportion of adults versus children was, right? And we talked about reinvention versus first-time intervention. Didn't really tell us. The point that vexes me the most is the fact that they were okay with a non-European data set for such a high-risk class 3 implantable. Like, for example, using a Chinese data set or, an, or any Asian data set to support a European or a Western population, there are issues there. Like, for example, we all know there are differences in calcium load. Um, if you think about bicuspid aortic valve morphology, there are differences there. Valve dysfunction presents differences, aerotopathy, prognosis across Asian populations varies for, if you compare Asian to Eurasian to European populations, a lot of these factors vary. I realize what I just mentioned was more tilted towards the left side of the heart, but it's only because that side of the heart has been studied a lot more. But what we really do know is that etiologies vary going from Asian to European populations. The panel didn't seem too concerned about this, which really surprised me. Yeah, um, and and not to go on, Sally. Size, no, not to mention the size range, the obvious one. But so, exactly. Yeah, no, it's a lot more, a lot more complicated than, than that even. Absolutely. And, okay, and you Jay. know what? There was, there was one more thing, actually. Um, they presented data across four generations of the device. And from the panel's opinion, it seemed like Gen 3 was what was submitted for a C marking. So lack of clarity and traceability in terms of what data acquired across what devices, uh, what device iterations. Obviously, exactly. device iterations are being made for a reason. So that part seems a little inconsistent to me. Well, yeah. and apart from that, the 20 to 30% stent fracture rate 
is high even for the pulmonary position. Going from the Medtronic pulmonary valve experience, the Melody valve experience, we know stent fractures are a thing, right? But even then, 20 to 30% stent fractures, that's, that's, that's pretty high. <laughs> Sounds very high indeed. Right. Well, Jay, you've told us an awful lot there. We've packed a lot into a few minutes. What about the key takeaways? Can we summarize the main messages from this particular review? Yes. The main message was that panel was willing to accept a relatively smaller sample size. There's no statistical justification here whatsoever, right? They were willing to accept a relatively smaller sample size based on the benefit-risk discussion. And I think this is a very important message for medical device manufacturers. Yeah. Almost always, the benefit-risk discussion seems like an afterthought, right? Oh, it is something that we have to put together. No, it needs to factor into your clinical strategy right up front because that can drive so much as is evidenced by something like here. That is uh, the biggest course. takeaway, really. Yeah, okay. And that, of course, has to be in the context of the state of the art, my favorite subjects. And it was very interesting, the conclusions that they came to based on that, i.e. there doesn't seem to be very much in the way of alternative treatments. So yeah, that was interesting. Yes, they said that. But then, right, Sally, if you if you think about it, and I'm reminded of one statement in there, they also made a they also made a statement, I think, in the conclusion saying that the state of the art presented wasn't adequate. So it, it sounded like they knew of the alternative treatments, but they were, you know, they're obviously forced to make a judgment based on what submitted to them for review. And they weren't happy about some of the state of the art analysis presented to them. And that actually is a running theme for the next one, which is also a transcatheter heart valve. There are complaints about, you know, lack of critical evaluation of the manufacturer's own clinical investigation, as well as what was presented for state of the art. But yeah. Mm. Very good. Very good.